With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And my guest today is Slava Ra. And Slava is going to uh, primary Congressman Paul Tonko. I think that'll be a very interesting race. So, Slava, um, when did you decide to run for Congress? And you live in Albany, right? Hi, Cynthia. Yes, uh, I live in Albany. Uh, but first, let me say that I, I'm really excited to be on your show. I, I'm a listener, and uh, you, you have a wonderful you have wonderful material that you make for the Capital Region. I, I really appreciate the local focus. Um, I, I decided to run against Paul Tonko. It's it's been over a year ago. Um, a lot of it was motivated uh, back when Trump was still in office by some of the really uh, terrible decisions that Trump, but our, our government as a whole, was making, especially in battling the COVID pandemic. Um, and I, you know, looking at, at, at the mess at our high, highest levels of governments, I wanted to have an impact. Um, but uh, unfortunately, you know, for young people coming out of college or law school, a lot of times the way our system is created, it's very difficult to have an impact in government. So I wanted to put myself out there because I felt like I didn't have anything to lose. I still feel that way. And uh, give, uh, give it a shot and, and see whether um, a young person like myself who uh, sees a lot going on that they want to change uh, can actually have a shot running for office. Now, if I remember correctly, when we, when we talked about setting up this interview, you're a graduate of law school, right? Yes. Uh, I uh, went to my undergrad school here in the capital region at SUNY Albany. Uh, I went to high school in the Skiuna. And then I worked in the state legislature for six years after that, doing both uh, legislative work and community work. The community work I did was in Brooklyn because I was working for a legislator out in Brooklyn. And after six years of doing that, I... Um, decided to go to law school. Uh, the law school I went to was NYU in Manhattan. Um, and yeah. And so after, after graduating from NYU, I, I looked at my options. I was $250,000 in debt. Um, oh my and, God. Uh, when, when you have that kind of crushing debt on you, um, especially when it's, you know, a 6% interest rate on top of that, uh, your choices are pretty limited. Um, if, if you're the average law school graduate, you're going to say, well, I have to pay off this debt because you can't even forgive it in bankruptcy usually. So you say, I have to go and do corporate law. But uh, that means that all these really talented students are going into corporate law. And <clears throat> sorry, my throat hurts. And they're not, not, not participating in our political system. So I wanted to change that. <clears throat> <laughs> Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's incredible. 
you know, uh, when I was your age, there used to be a thing called upward mobility. Upward mobility is no longer the case. People go to college, they incur debt, and they have, they're dealing with that for the rest of their lives. And, you know, you're going to be primary Paul Tycho, and he's a Democrat. So in Congress, I mean, as far as the Democrats are concerned, Joe Biden is no friend of people with student loan debt. Um, How do you feel about that? Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, first of all, you know, student loan debt started, I believe, with Nixon, who specifically implemented student loans uh, in order to stop people from protesting the Vietnam War. He said, let's show like these students student protesters let, let let's show let's show them you know that they shouldn't be protesting uh wars oh my god yeah so uh it's it it's it's very purposeful it's not just an accident now who is the one that orchestrated this um I think it was Nixon, but I mean Biden participated in as well. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean Biden voted uh, to make student loans very difficult to forgive in bankruptcy, for example. Right, exactly. So uh, I'm sure that you've been uh, following Paul Tonko's career in, in Congress. What made you decide to run for Congress and what made you decide that Paul Taco does not fit the bill for the capital region? Yeah. So, well, first of all, um, as, as I think I might have mentioned this before, nobody's ever ran against Paul Tonko in a primary for the 13 years that he was in Congress. So uh, a lot of the issues that, you know, I want to bring up in this campaign, nobody's ever brought them up before. So one of the issues, for example, is the environment. So he is the chair of the subcommittee on the environment, which is the most powerful position if you want to make an environmental difference, if you want to prevent global warming, um, then you, you are in the key position if you're the chair of the subcommittee on the environment. You have to be a nationwide leader on these issues. And, um, I mean, I, I just don't see Paul Tonko leading at all uh, on stopping global warming. Uh, He doesn't support the Green New Deal, uh, so he doesn't support uh, zero emissions by 2030. He uh, wants it to be 2050. So that's that's a major area where we disagree. I mean, I understand that it's not just saying, oh, well, I want it to be 2030. It's also how do we get there? So that discussion uh, about the green economy is one that I want to be a part of. But we have to start with the understanding that science tells us that 2030 is the year we have to get to zero emissions. It's not 2050. And so everything we do has to be done with that goal in mind. Um, so so that, 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 that's, I think, the biggest area where I really want to challenge uh, Paul Tonko and, and the way he approaches governing. Because let's face it, if, if, you, if you live in the capital region and you're a voter here, you ha- you're in a unique position, right? Because y- you see how 
global warming and climate change is affecting the entire world. But if you live in Albany, if you live in the capital region, in any of the towns and cities here, you can make mm-hmm. a real difference um, policy, not just for the country, but for the entire world. But people don't really know it. And nobody has ever run against him as a, as a democratic challenger in the primary. So you, he's never had to face someone who's more uh, liberal on the environment, more progressive on the environment than he is. You know, I've been watching and doing interviews on um, Albany politics for a number of years, and the people that are in power are so entrenched that it's hard to break in and be a new face and come up with new ideas, whether you're talking on the uh, city level, county level, or even for Congress. What do you, how are you going to tackle that? How are you going to tackle the fact that there's such entrenchment in, in the capital district? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the entrenchment, it, it goes really deep, right? Um, I was recently at a meeting, with, uh, at a Working Families Party meeting, and we were talking about the executive. So a lot of council members complained, oh, you know, the executive doesn't respect us. They don't do this. They don't do that. And then I asked, well, why are you, you keep talking about the executive? Just say her name, Kathy Sheehan. <laughs> and uh, they, they were, were, and they were like, oh, well, okay, yeah, Kathy Sheehan, but like, um, but really it's the executive. And, and I said, well, last, last time I, uh, I checked, nobody ran a progressive campaign against Kathy, Kathy Sheehan in the last election. She, she didn't have a progressive opponent. And they said, oh, well, we could never run against Kathy Sheehan because we could never have the money to run. So, uh, so we wouldn't even have a chance of winning. So it's, it's this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy where um, young uh, or, you know, maybe not always young, but, but just di- different kind of politicians who are city council members or uh, county members, they just feel like, well, and it's true, if, if, they, if they run against an entrenched politician at the top of the ticket, then they're going to lose their own position and, and they might lose everything they have. I've had these conversations where I had council members say the same thing about Paul Tonko. You know, it, they, they're so unhappy, for example, with how he distributes money around the people region. They feel like Albany never gets its fair share of, of, of capital funding. And they're like, and so I'm like, well, if you feel that way, why don't you run against Paul Tonko? And they're like, well, if we run against Paul Tonko, we'll lose everything, you know? And, and uh, it's it's that kind of comment like opens up your eyes to to the entrenchment. It's it's the combination of money and and you know I'm running against Paul Tonko. He has millions of dollars. I have uh, like so far raised less than a thousand dollars. I think so. The the money is a big part of it, especially when you when you take super PAC money like all these big big name politicians do. But the other mm-hmm. part of it is. The, the party uh, it, it it congeals it, it congeals around a candidate to protect them from any kind of threat, and uh, that, that that that's something you can't do anything about. But you have to figure out ways to outmaneuver them. You have to use social media. You have to uh, get out there to people, not just in you know 
Albany and Troy, but you have to create a small donation infrastructure that's nationwide, like AOC and Jamal Bowman have done, you know. So if you look at where AOC gets her money, she's not only getting it from Queens or just from New York City. She's getting it from every state in the union, right? So uh, so that's, that's the approach that uh, you have to have in order to outmaneuver this type of entrenched local politics. Now, Paul Tonko's district is more than Albany County. Um, how are things in other counties? Uh, are the Democrats as entrenched in other counties as they are in Albany? Um, well, it's it's hard for me to say, to speak to that because I haven't participated too much in local politics. But from what I have seen, um, it does seem like that. So one of the issues I care deeply about is uh, saving the Pine Bush Preserve, um, which is uh, located in, in Gilderland and Colony and Albany. Um, and uh, I went to a uh, council, council hearing in Gilderland about uh, some construction that they are planning on doing and bulldozing mm-hmm. parts of the Pine Bush in order to, uh, at that time, they were trying to make way for a senior senate. Um, you know, I mean, senior centers are great, right? But uh, you don't have to uh, bulldoze a, a natural wonder to put a senior center in the capital region. We have space, right? So, um, but, but even though there were many uh, people who came to that meeting and spoke in opposition of the development project, uh, the council member, members voted unanimously in order to allow it to go forward. So, that kind of, uh, I think, uh, w- w- when you're in one of those meetings, it kind of exposes who has the real power, people who are there to protect the environment or to say, oh, we want to save the Pine Bush Preserve. It's the people who want, who have the money to build a senior center who donate to these politicians. So I think, you know, it, it happens at every level. Um, and and you're, you're not going to be able to, to change it overnight. I think there, there are some really good policy uh, changes you can do, though. For example, um, term limits is, is a huge one. So New York City actually has term limits for city council members, and that has worked mm-hmm. wonders in terms of allowing young people and people of color, uh, minorities, to, to run for office and actually win. Um, and uh, we need to bring, I think, term limits to all levels of government all across the country. And that's, that's another thing that Paul Tonko has been on the record opposing. He opposes term limits because, I mean, obviously, why would you want term limits when you're very happy with your job and <laughs> you, you, you don't want to ever leave? Uh, so, so um, yeah, but, 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 but that, that, that would be a really good start. Um, and the other thing I think that, that could help is getting more people out to vote because right now what ends up happening is we have um, a lot of voters, uh, we, so we have very low turnout, right? So whenever we have elections, it's just a really small group of voters who end up deciding on on the candidate. Um, not even worth participating in the system. Uh, it's it would be much better if we had like 80 or 90 percent voter turnout. Um, it sounds like a dream, right? But but you can motivate people to vote. I mean, I I would be perfectly fine with giving um, 
every every voter who comes and votes a twenty dollar government check uh, just for voting, you know, and and that way you get the people who uh, really uh, might not might not bother coming out. Now they're like, oh, I want to get my twenty dollars. I'll go vote, and and in that way uh, you increase turnout. Back in the day in this city of Albany, uh, there used to be a a $5 handout. Everybody who went to the polls would get $5. And what you're saying is kind of a throwback to that time. And even back then when it was $5, it was pretty controversial. Don't you think talking about handing out $20 to everybody who wants to vote don't you think that's kind of a form of bribery? No. Well, I think uh, back in the old days, um, there was a lot of uh, kind of uh, ballot stuffing and, and, and dirty politics and things like that when uh, the party party machine controlled everything, right? Um, I, I don't think it's a form of bribery because you're not t- telling people – who to vote for. I mean, it would be a form of bribery if you said you'll only get $20 if you vote for the Democratic candidate or you only will get $20 if you vote for the Republican candidate. Or maybe, you know, uh, if, if, if you are very nefarious, you, you'll say, well, only people in, say, a colony will get $20, but people in Albany are not going to get $20 because you want uh, uh cross-section of the population who's more likely to vote, for example, for the Republicans or for an establishment candidate to be more represented. So so, it, so it definitely can be used to skew the results, but if it's done in a, in a way that is, um, that is evenly distributed, that, that goes to every part and every section of the community, um, and it is not contingent on which candidates a voter chooses, then I don't see how it is a form of bribery at all. So have you personally met Tonko? Not yet. No, I'm still looking forward to the day. Um, you know, so w- one thing that I, that I will say, uh, and uh, this is something I, I always say is regardless of how this campaign goes, um, meaning, you know, regardless of whether, we win the primary or Paul Tonka wins the primary, uh, I will support him in the general election and not just support him, but I will work hard to make sure that he gets reelected. You know, the the last anyone that I know wants to see is to have a Republican congressperson represent this area, uh, especially a Republican uh, congressperson who supports uh, Donald Trump and his policies um, that, uh, I think would would be taking a huge step backwards. Um, so so I understand the people who say, well, Paul Tonko is a safe choice, or he's someone that has has shown a track record of winning against Republicans, and th- that that's fair. Um, but I think to them, I say, first of all, you have to remember the capital region is a very democratic area, and we can have a even more liberal congressperson representing it. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I, I think um, re- regardless of who, who oh, oh, the other, the other point I wanted to make is that I, I feel like this year Paul Tonko is in jeopardy of losing his seat. 
because uh, Liz Joy, she's a young upstart politician um, who's very savvy with, with media, with social media, has a lot of support from Fox News and the Republican Party, who pumped up in a lot of money into her campaign. So they really feel like this is their opportunity, especially in this midterm election where Joe Biden is very unpopular to, to swing this district. And uh, unless Paul Tonko can get the people <clears throat> who, uh, I'm, who, who are participating in, in our campaign, primarily young people, minorities, um, if, if he can't get those people to turn out for him in big numbers, he's not going to win. And, and so for that reason, I think, uh, in, in a way, running this campaign, challenging him in the primary, I'm, I'm doing him a favor because I'm going to help him if he ends up winning in the primary. You know, there's talk about the fact that the Democrats might lose the majority in the House in 2022. So let's say you ran, you beat Tonko in the primary, and you become a next congressperson. There's a possibility you might be governing from the minority. So what do you think about that? Well, I think in in a way, uh, regardless of whether the Republicans or the Democrats take power in Congress, um, we will be uh, – so so the people that I I would align most closely with are in in so many ways in the minority. So take, for example, the Green New Deal. You know, uh, this campaign is one that is pushing for the Green New Deal and carbon neutrality by 2030. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, I guess most Republicans say it doesn't matter because most Republicans say, well, global warming isn't even real, which is like, like uh, I, I just can't believe that anyone would say that or, or think that. But but most Democrats uh, are aligned pretty closely to the 2050 timeframe that Paul Tonko supports. So um, so so going to Congress being elected to Congress as a uh, as someone who wants to reform and, and make meaningful changes is, is going to be uh, always an uphill battle. Um, but I think it kind of goes, goes back to how I view this, the, the job of being an elected official. You know, I, uh, I understand that it's a big privilege to be an elected official, but I think that you, you really have to, uh, view yourself as a public servant. And so when, when you're an elected official, you're there to serve people. And, um, and that doesn't mean that you're always going to get your way. You're, you're, you're going to serve your constituents regardless of how much pushback and how much uphill fighting you have to undertake. Uh, a lot yeah. of what I see, yeah, a lot, a, a lot of what I, yeah, sorry. A, a lot ahead. of what I see in yeah, a lot of what I see in establishment politics is that establishment politicians they they use language like they'll say I'm going to fight tirelessly for this or I'm going to work work so hard you've never seen me work, but but then in reality they don't actually do that. I I, I see very few politicians who 
you know, on, on Christmas, I think, for example, AOC went live on, on Instagram. Like, th- that's the kind of dedication that I think uh, this new crop of young people who want to be involved in government are showing. We are showing that, you know, we, we're actually, when we say we're going to work tirelessly, we ac- are actually going to work tirelessly. And it's not just words for us, it's, it's action. A, a congressional candidate um, can run in any any part of the state, so um, you could run in any district. Um, it seems as though Antonio Delgado is a little bit further to the right than maybe Tonko is. Uh, when you were making the decision to run for Congress, did you ever give any thoughts or primary in Delgado? I didn't because uh, his district, as, as it's currently drawn, isn't a district that I am familiar with. Um, so, I, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier in the podcast, like I was, I went to high school in the ski unit. I went to college in SUNY Albany. I worked in the state legislature in the capital in Albany for six years. Okay. I'm really familiar with, you know, Schenectady, with Albany, with Niskayuna, with, with the capital region. I'm not as familiar with Delgado's district. So, but, but, but if, I mean, if, if the districts were redrawn in a way that would, you know, put Paul Tonko somewhere over in Amsterdam and Delgado suddenly had Albany, then that definitely would change things. And then I would have to mm-hmm. look at the maps and consider, is this, is this a district that I feel like I know? Or that, if, or if I don't know it completely, can I get to know it uh, quickly enough to to make the decision to run? Uh, we're almost out of time, so for everybody listening, why don't you give me contact information, and you know whether they want to donate money to you, whether they want to volunteer on your campaign, how can they contact you? Yes, thank you so much for asking. So, first of all, our website is rar4congress.com, R-A-R, for Congress, F-O-R, congress.com. So, you can look up contact info, all that there. We recently launched an internship program. So, uh, you, you'll find also, uh, for example, on Twitter, or I will soon post it on the website as well, an internship form. If if you're interested in committing like 10 or 15 hours a week of your time to helping out with the campaign, you can become an intern. Um, so we're really excited to roll that out. And last but not least, I always give my phone number. It's 518-596-3293. So this is a real grassroots campaign, and I feel like anyone should be able to call me and talk to me and ask me questions, and I'm happy to have that conversation. So anybody who wants to volunteer on your campaign who's going to college can volunteer and get college credits for what uh, for volunteering. Is that right? That's right. Yes, that's right. So high school, college, and even if you're older than college age or, or you decided not to go to college, you can still volunteer uh, or, or intern. So basically volunteering means you don't have a specific set time commitment. If you're a volunteer, you can do whatever you want. If you're an intern, uh, you have, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week. So right now we're at a stage in the campaign where we're trying to add more structure to it. So having a time commitment is really useful uh, to creating continuity.
Wow. We're out of time. So you've been listening to Rastislav Slava Rar, and he's going to primary Paul Tanka for Congress. So if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Slava. It's been great talking with you, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. DW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.